Each season, Guys Telling Stories seeks out fascinating people with a good story to tell. I'm Bill Easton. The man next to me is Rich Douglas. We're a couple of guys who love a good story. Join us on our quest to find fascinating people with a good story to tell. This is Guys Telling Stories. Welcome to the show, everybody. Bill, great to be here with you. Rich, it is uh, day seven of Hanukkah. I think. <laughs> I don't. It might be eight. I don't celebrate Hanukkah, but Merry Christmas, buddy. That's next week. But yep, is we're it? There. I know we're right. It's we're the right ho- there. Holiday I'm, season. You look. You look very festive today. Well, everywhere I go, things are decorated. Everyone's in a great mood, mm-hmm. and we've got an incredible guest today, Dr. Paul White, psychologist and author of numerous books about appreciation in the workplace, among other among other areas. And you know, Bill, I wanted to say because it's the holidays, I appreciate you, man. Oh, I, I appreciate you. I don't say it enough, and I mean it. We, we get a chance to get together every once in a while and record these episodes with mm-hmm. these amazing guests and share them with the world. So uh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. Thanks for, ha- thanks for uh, having, me, uh, having me do this with you. And you know, because we're going to be talking about appreciation in the workplace, you have You had- baked cookies. <laughs> baked cookies? Did you? I didn't bake cookies. Oh. Well, see, that goes to show. Bill appreciates a nice little gift every I, now I, and then. I did a little bit of homework for this. Yep. Okay. Uh, cookies are on my to-do list. Okay. They'll be on your doorstep that. soon. But I wanted to ask you about all those jobs you've had. Uh, Bill, oh, yeah, you've yeah. had so many jobs, and some you've probably enjoyed like crazy, and you'd mm-hmm. love to do them again, and some probably haven't. Um, what comes to mind? Uh, best job, worst job? Oh, boy. Uh, barback. You know, you got you to gotta be a barback at some point in your life. I was a bartender for a long time. That was that was tough. That was just a lot of work, a lot of, uh, a lot of grungy work, not a lot of um, thankfulness. You know, you get paid, you get paid pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, no one, no one wants to talk to you. You, you just kind of... So what would you like the least about that job if that's one you didn't um, really enjoy? You know, when I like bartending, I like the interaction with the people. And as a barback, um, if you try to interact too much with the guests in the uh, bar or restaurant, usually the, the bartender yells at you and, and tells you to get back to work. Yeah, you kind of... There's always something you can do. Mm-hmm. So Get more glasses, yeah. clear more tables. Yep. Yeah, and do you think it was just inexperience blocking you from being, I guess, the bartender as opposed to the barback? No, I just... I think, I, I mean, you know, that's just what I... One of the things I didn't like was... was uh, Keeping your head down and just and working, and it looks like everyone else is having a good time. So, mm-hmm. so I quickly I got to bartender quick enough. I had yeah, a good time. and then that one was one of your favorites. Oh, that was by far one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, teaching swim lessons for me was by far the, the the most enjoyable job. Parents would come up to you and they would say thank you. The kids were. They started by being scared to jump into the pool, mm-hmm. and by the end of the two weeks, they're swimming across it for the first time. Yeah, and that that was one of those summer jobs that I always enjoyed uh, so much. And it's funny you mentioned the barbacking. I'd say the one I probably enjoyed the least was uh, busboying, and I, oh, yeah. I only did that for a little while once. And I just felt like it didn't matter what I did, whether it was I did it well or I just kind of tried to rush my work. I still was just going to kind of get yelled at at the end of the night yeah. for you know not putting the tablecloth straight on the table even it's if they were something. straight yeah, yeah there's always yeah. something yeah which kind of brings us to our guest today dr paul white he's a psychologist author speaker consultant and he helps people make work relationships work better yeah, I mean, he, he makes the work relationships work he makes them work he makes them work yeah which makes everyone work 
Yeah, more work better. better. Yeah, he's uh, he wrote and co-wrote multiple books about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, uh, appreciation, and he's the type of guy who, to me, Bill, he's on a mission to help people build healthy relationships, and that's a whole lot easier said than done. Well, we should talk to him. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk to him. So uh, let's give him a call and hear his story. Sounds good. Dr. Paul White, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part. Happy to have you here. Yeah, we're excited to talk with you and hear all about your research. But before we get too far into it, can you tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you online? Sure. Yeah, um, uh, probably the best website is to go to uh, www.appreciationatwork, and it's the word at, appreciationatwork.com. Um, and it has all about me. I have another one. It's just drpaulwhite.com as well, but either will get you where you need to go. That sounds great. So uh, right off the bat, I want to kind of um, ask you a little bit about the history of the five languages and, uh, and how did that come about? Yeah, so, you know, the five uh, love languages was written by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, a uh, friend and colleague. And actually, this is the 25th uh, anniversary year, and they, they've, it's done great. It's uh, sold 13 million copies. It's in 50 languages. It's a fascinating book in that it's sold more copies every year except for 2009 uh, than the prior year. And it's it's sort of a unique um, animal that way. And so... My wife and I had uh, been going through the five love languages because it's for personal relationships. And then I uh, consult with family-owned businesses and deal with uh, the family issues that are intertwined with working together and passing across generations. And I had a situation in North Carolina where I was working with a father and son. And I go in and talk to the dad who's the CEO and the owner. And I said, you know, how's the transition plan going? He's going he says it's going great. My son's stepping up. I think, you know, it's going to work. I walk across the hall uh, and ask the son the same question, how's it going? And he says, this is a disaster. It's never going to work. <laughs> I can't do anything to please my dad. And so I just saw that, you know, they were missing each other and as far as communication wise. And so I thought, you know, I wonder if the five love languages could work in work relationships. And so I actually pursued Dr. Chapman for a year um, um, before I was able to get together and meet with him. He had a very effective uh, assistant who screened things and finally met with him and pitched the idea. And, you know, initially he wasn't that excited about uh, doing an, a book, uh, but I pitched the idea of doing an online assessment tool, which we developed into the Motivating by Appreciation Inventory. And he said, why don't you do that? And then I started using it with different teams and work groups and um, sort of filled him in. And he said, well, why don't you go ahead and start writing about it? And so did that. And over a year, year and a half, uh, put that together and then uh, it came out in 2011 and it's done well. Um, sold 250,000 books and we've got in, uh, I don't know, 16 languages now. So that's, that's sort of how it happened. How much tinkering did you have to do over that year and a half? We know, uh, yeah, well, with the assessment a lot. And even since then, I mean, so we, we created it and uh, initially it was just the five. Well, first, we weren't sure if we were going to use all five languages because one of the languages is physical touch. And so we weren't sure how that would work in the workplace, but included it. And um, initially it was just identifying a person's primary language that, of appreciation. In using it with teams, managers would say, well, what does that mean, quality time? What am I supposed to do? And so uh, we went back and retooled it. 
and added a section once you identify a person's primary language, it takes you to a, a section where you identify the specific actions within that language. So, for example, quality time. Some people would like individual time with their supervisor or manager. Others don't. I've had uh, some fairly shy women tell me, I don't want individual time with my supervisor. Yeah. They're pretty intense uh, and I'm shy, but they like to hang out with their friends. And so we ident identified both specific actions that they could choose and then also who they want those actions from because they maybe want to get together and watch sports with their friends, but they don't want to invite their supervisor. So got real specific about that. And actually during that time also in doing some pre-research about it, we found that hardly ever in the majority culture was somebody's uh, primary language physical touch. It often was their least valued um, and I had a situation when it was pencil and paper that I got a phone call from an a, a administrator and said, you might want to talk to our people because a couple of them shredded your tool. And I found out that these uh, women had been unfortunate victims of sexual harassment. Uh -huh. And so anything that even approached touch didn't got, go well. So what we did is we pulled it out of the inventory, but we kept it in the model for a couple of reasons as far as when we train groups and all that. One is Dr. Chapman, who studied anthropology, said, I don't want to advocate a touchless society even in the workplace because appropriate physical touch can be very meaningful and even healing uh, in appropriate relationships. And secondly, uh, it occurs. I mean, it's it's not a huge deal, but it's basically spontaneous celebration. I mean, you, you know, you get a, a big sale, you get a congratulatory handshake, you finish a project, you high five, you maybe fix a problem, you fist bump. Uh, and it, there's regional differences and even cross-cultural differences, but we felt like, hey, we'll keep it there. And uh, and so we've gone on from there and then even developed different versions for different work settings for uh, the actions look different in a hospital versus a public school versus a government agency. Well, let's not, get, let's not get there right now. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, we'll keep growing it. I think it's appropriate for you to say adjust them to the specific types of job workplaces because I was thinking of that kindergarten teacher who might be standing at the door giving kids a high five on the way in. Totally hmm. appropriate, and they're encouraging the kids to come see their teacher, and they're going to feel a sense of welcome. Well, along the same lines, uh, your boss in a business place probably won't be giving people high fives as they're entering work every single day. So there's a time and a place for, for that type of uh, celebratory touch or celebratory, you know, physical contact. Sure. Agree 100%. You know, it sounds like we have already touched on my next question, but for those who aren't familiar with the five languages, we've just mentioned uh, physical touch, but what are the other four and what do those look like? Yeah, so uh, the five languages... Um both love languages and personal relationships and then appreciation in the workplace are words of affirmation, which is essentially, you know, saying or uh, writing some words that affirm another person, well, what they've done that's of value to you uh, or character qualities that you see in them that, you know, you really value and appreciate. And it can be done one on one. It can be done in a small group. Uh, most people don't like to go up in front of a large group. We found out uh, that about 40% of employees do not want to go up in front of a large group to be uh, acknowledged. It's embarrassing to them. Um, and that creates some problems in some of those employee recognition kinds of uh, celebrations. Uh, so you have words of affirmation. You have quality time, which could be either individual time or time with uh, colleagues, uh, just having fun or working together on a project. 
which is more and more important for younger workers that they like that collegial aspect versus just doing stuff by themselves. Um, you have tangible gifts, which are not payments. It's not bonuses. It's just small things that show that you're getting to know your teammates and what they like. So it could be their favorite, you know, Starbucks coffee. It could be, you know, a favorite snack that they like. It could be a magazine about, let's say they're, let's see what season we're, we're um, like favorite NBA team, you know, or NFL or hockey. And you, you say, Hey, I saw this. I thought you might like it. Or it might be about a hobby they have that, you know, they're, training for a, a half marathon and you say, Hey, I saw this running magazine about stretching out and thought you might like it or could be gardening or, or cooking, uh, you know, uh, desserts, holiday desserts, that kind of stuff. So tangible gifts is it's very personal and that's a, a key issue. Uh, uh, one of the things that we found is that people that, uh, their primary language is also the language language they're sort of easily offended in. And uh, that, uh, so for gifts, you offend people if you give everybody the same thing. Um, n- another language is um, acts of service. Some people, words seem pretty cheap and, and you know, free, and uh, they really value if you help them get stuff done. And it's not low-performing performers, but it's more that situation where you've got a deadline and you're, you're really working hard to get it. And what's something that somebody could do that could help you out, whether that's, hold your calls and sort of, you know, run interference so you can keep focused on your project or maybe run and get you something to eat so you can work through dinner time or even, you know, uh, do some other menial stuff of your regular stuff that uh, uh, sort of offload that so you can keep going on, on your big deal. So uh, there's that. And then, you know, physical touch, like we talked about. Now I find that interesting because I'm curious, is the language that, I speak or you speak the same language that we need to hear back in order to feel appreciated? Yeah, not always. Sometimes. Uh, what we found, and we do sort of little research projects along the way, one, uh, about uh, 67% of the time, a person's, uh, I got, hang on, let me back up on it. 75% of the time, a person's primary uh, language is uh, the one that they uh, like. Um, that they like to give it as well as receive it. The big group that's different on that are gift givers. A lot of people like to give gifts, but getting gifts isn't that big a deal. Um, And also the dynamics in a work relationship versus a personal relationship differ so that, you know, not always what you like personally is the same as at work. Um, And some people, uh, you know, you have a hard time sort of figuring out what they what they want, and you try to watch it, what they do. If they go around and check in with people, that may or may not be what they really want. They've just sort of learned to do that and feel like that's how they should manage. I don't know what mine is. I, I think you're a positive guy who is always saying those words of affirmation. What I think you, so. You think that's your primary one? I, I I would I would guess so. I do like the gift giving. I know those are always uh, timely, and I kind of pick and choose when and who uh, for for my employees what what to do. Um, but it is kind of cool if you know what they like, and you can go out of your way to get them a a, a, a gift card or something from their favorite, uh, like you mentioned, coffee place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Makes well, you feel special. Yeah, and that's been an interesting uh, sort of challenge. I mean, people say, well, how do you know? So we developed this online assessment. It takes 10 or 15 minutes, and you go through a series of paired choices. And uh, it takes 
you know, not too long, and it gives you a report of what your primary language is, your secondary, and then your least valued one, which is sort of your blind spot, the one that you don't really think about. And that's a problem because you don't think about it, but you probably have people around you that do have that language. Um, but can you just ask people? Most people can't tell you, I don't know, you know, how do I want to be shown appreciation? I don't know. Tell me thanks. And it's sort of, that's all they got, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so we found that you really have to sort of go through a broader assessment to be able to look at other ways that you don't necessarily think about that. Yeah, I do feel valued when my colleagues are going out to lunch and they invite me to go along. That makes me feel good that they, you know, uh, like and appreciate me um, or, or help me out when I'm, I'm behind on something. I agree. I'm going to uh, I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to study these a little bit and 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 maybe take this assessment and, and see what I am. Well, it's a great time of year to show your appreciation. It's Christmas. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or whatever you guys celebrate out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> to each of their own. But I think that that's great, Bill. You know, moving right along, Paul, I was wondering if you could tell us a story from your own life where you successfully utilize one of these languages. Um, and I guess we should also ask, too, what you think your primary and secondary languages are. Yeah, so my, my primary one is words. Um, and so, you know, giving me a, a compliment. One of the things that we found about words is, uh, we, you know, we have about, I don't know, 115,000 people on our newsletter. And we do polls every once in a while. And we asked them, what kind of appreciation don't you like? And one of the main responses was, good job. People don't want just sort of this vague, generic, hey, you know, way to go, you know, good job. It, it really needs to be specific. And we found that if you use a person's name and if you're writing it, be sure and spell it right. Give a specific example of what they've done that you value. And then thirdly, how it's important to you and, and why it's important to you or the organization or your customers, it, it's really helpful to be specific. That makes so, sense. So, yeah, and, and uh, that, that helps on uh, being able to sort of figure that out for people. So you asked me what mine was, and then what was the other question? I was just wondering if uh, a story came to mind maybe when you were first going through these with your wife where you successfully utilized it to <laughs> speak her language. Well, I'm sort of chuckling because, you know, I, I'm sort of a, a uh, slow learner on some of this. Uh, her, in a personal sense, hers is quality time. And so for me and for for most women in our culture, it, it's focused attention that uh, I need to be focused on her, not doing something else, not watching TV, not looking at my cell phone or whatever, um, sitting close to across the table from her, looking at her. Um, and then, uh, also, um, listening and responding to her. And, and so quality time is huge and I continue to work on that, um, and try to make that happen. Uh, um, in the work setting, I would say that, uh, you know, I have a team of about five or six people and, um, we know each other's languages and a, a nice one that happened recently, uh, my office administrator, um, Gifts is her secondary one, and um, I asked her, you know, what would you like? And and she said, and she's been on a diet and losing weight and been very successful at that. And she said, well, I really like smoothies occasionally. And so, um, so one day I said, hey, can I get you a smoothie? And she said, you know, I'd like it, but let me take a rain check. And then just like last week, she said, hey, I'm ready to cash in that rain check. And so <laughs> I, I went and, you know, got the specific kind that she liked. And, and she, I, she was just smiling ear to ear and, and, and felt like, you know, I, I went out of my way to just a little bit to, 
to show her that I valued her and appreciated her. So it's not a secret, like, because you guys all work with this on a regular basis. You can even you can even do it, even though she knows that it's something that you do for a living. Basically, is these study these oh, five absolutely. languages, but it's not like yeah. you're not fooling anybody. Everyone knows right. that and you yeah, do this you're not for a trying living. to go. You're <laughs> not trying to sort of seek it out secretly. I mean, one of the things that we do is we do the, uh, the assessment with group teams, you know, and then have a group profile where everybody learns each other's languages and actions uh, so that the, the goal is to uh, help people not waste their time and energy doing stuff that nobody really cares about. I yeah. mean, you, not everybody wants an email and not everybody wants you to stop by and talk to them. So you do what's, you know, valued by the person so that uh, you hit the mark versus wasting your time and energy. I'm also guessing that with that, some people will evolve into uh, either more than one um, language that they like to receive or just even completely change uh, based on their maybe their work experience or their relationships or just over time growing. Yeah, it's sort of interesting what we're finding because Dr. Chapman's pretty firm that a person's love languages pretty much stays the same over over their lifetime. What we're finding with appreciation is that you sort of have this, you know, home base that you go back to, but over your life stage, things might change. So, for example, for me, I would say earlier on, you know, a gift of, um, you know, a little gift card to help me be able to take my wife and maybe my, some of my kids out for a little nicer dinner meant more early in my career. Now I, I travel and eat out a lot. That doesn't mean a whole bunch to me, but you help me get stuff done. You know, uh, we're teammates, you know. Um, the other thing is culturally, when you're in a stressful time, lots of times acts of service and quality time pop up a little bit more because that's culturally how we sort of help each other is either sort of spend time and listen or help get things done when, you know, you're sort of stressed out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that especially when you're thinking about the, your personal life and your work life, it's important to have a sense of self-awareness. And I think that, like you said, Bill, can change or be developed over time. But, you know, um, Paul, if you could take us kind of uh, along your journey a little bit, when did you first realize that there was a no turning back moment, that this was going to become your life's work? Well, I don't know that I'm there yet <laughs> as far as my life's work, but, you know, uh, um, I was thinking about this this weekend, actually sort of refocusing, okay, what, you know, what am I about and what am I doing? And, and I try to provide insight, um, and I don't know, wisdom is, is a, a big word, but to people to help relationships and help their life practically. And that's taken different shapes at different times where, uh, I test, students that have learning difficulties and give them clues on how they learn best. And then I worked with family and still do family businesses and, and then the appreciation stuff. And what's amazing to me is it often doesn't take much to make a significant difference in somebody's life, but it, it's the gotta be the right thing. Right. And so, um, whether that's a, a word of encouragement when somebody's discouraged and you really sort of speak to their heart and it, it helps rejuvenate them, they're ready to go. Or, you know, somebody's just feeling sort of down and, and out and you go check in and sort of stop by and say how they're doing and sit down and let them talk to you for maybe 10 minutes and it can make a big difference. So that's, that's a cool thing. And, and I love being able to sort of find those niches where uh, there's a need and we can help people meet those. Um, all they need is a little bit of information, and a little bit of direction. 
Quick break to talk about podcasterstory.com. In the spirit of giving, show your appreciation by helping someone you love record the story of their life with podcastyourstory.com. Imagine mom or dad telling the world what Christmas was like when they were growing up. And wouldn't it be great to ring in the new year by listening to someone you love tell the story of their life? Well, the experts at podcastyourstory.com have the perfect gift. It's an audio interview where your loved one tells their story and the final product is a polished podcast recording that can be listened to by family, friends, or the entire world. And there's a special offer for our listeners. 20% off your first recording by mentioning promo code GTS. That's right. Give the perfect gift of helping someone you love tell their story and get 20% off with podcasterstory.com simply by mentioning promo code GTS. And now, back to our interview with Dr. Paul White. Has there been a time when you've come across maybe a group or a work environment that's just toxic and they, they needed all the help you could give them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, having written the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, go out and do leadership training and management training. And there was a big uh, international organization that hired me to, to go train at their call centers around the, the U.S., and one of them I went to, and um, it just was – it was tough. And they actually – they gave me a little heads up. They said there's a lot of tension across the generations, and this was about maybe four years ago. So it was early on with the millennial stuff um, and, and whether it's with Gen X or, or boomers. And what we found and did sort of backed up, found out there really were low levels of trust. Uh, both groups uh, at this point as boomers and millennials were feeling – disrespected by the other and um it just you know sort of put uh through cold water on appreciation i mean if you don't trust somebody it doesn't matter what you say you could be appreciation or anything you're just you don't believe it and so we had to back up and really deal with that trust issue and learned a cool model that you know trust is sort of based on uh competence you know can you do the job um character do you think about your you know other people as well as yourself how, how it impacts the other person and then also um being consistent you know that do you show up do you follow through and because that then develops a problem solving model for building trust versus i don't trust you what do you do with that i mean you're sort of stuck but it's like well you think i can't do it or you know think i'm not looking out for your interests or that i don't you know i'm not consistent and then you can move on and so we were able to help move that on and then and go back and, and help them learn about communicating authentic appreciation as well. And they love each other now. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but it sounds like you definitely helped that that situation move forward by kind of backing up before you could. And kind of yeah. one step back, two step. I, I got you there. Well, what about other challenges? We always like to ask for some struggle stories or things that you were involved with that you ultimately, you know, were better for, but you had to overcome along the way. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the challenges is that uh, you can see a need and people say there's a need, but they're not ready to make the decision uh, to spend money on meeting that need. And uh, that's happened to me a couple times in my career where I'm ahead of the game a little bit, and I got to hang in there and wait. And 
uh, was trained in marriage and family therapy, and everybody says, oh, yeah, you know, everybody, there's a lot of couples that need help, but a lot of people don't spend money to get help till it's too late. Um, and the same thing in family businesses. We, we can solve a lot of problems and avoid a lot of problems ahead of the time um, by working on some communication and, and across generations. But sometimes it takes people a while to, to feel that need. And the same thing with appreciation. I mean, what an interesting thing. So we started this. I, I started the inventory back in 2009. The book was published in 2011. And, you know, we are selling more books every year now than we have the prior year for the past four years. And more and more larger organizations are coming to us. And it's sort of like you got to hang in there. You got to keep in front of them. You got to persevere. Um, and ultimately, they see and feel the need and and engage you to, to meet the need. But uh, you've got to – and part of it is you got to hang in there and persevere and, and believe in it and also figure out ways to stay alive in the process, right? Because, yeah. you know, you've got to have some income otherwise. Um, and so that's been a challenge. It's been a good challenge, uh, and it looks like it's going the right way. But, uh, you, you know, sort of the – and I do some work out in Silicon Valley. I mean, sort of the, you know, come up with an idea, get it funded, and you're, a, a, you know, a multimillionaire billionaire. I'm thinking there's a, thousands of uh, young people and older people that have tried that and didn't work. I mean, it, it's not a good model. Uh, it's like hitting a grand slam every time you come up to bat. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. A lot of restaurants go through that, I feel. like That's why, you know, if you, they say you make the first six months, you're, you're likely to make the first six years. And sometimes yeah. you just drive by the same place, and then all of a sudden one day you're like, "Oh, that place is still there. It must must be all right." And then you you actually go in and and eat there, and you're like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty good." But sometimes you do have to survive um, that first little bit and and wait and be patient. And uh, you know, if your convictions and ideas are are right, um, it'll pay off in the end. And yeah. I'll, and and. and you know, Paul, I'll give you a compliment for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with your research. I came across it just this past summer researching a future guest and and going online and looking at the websites and watching the videos and reading the books. You you probably are ahead of the game. You have daily videos and now in the tech game, everyone's doing videos, you know, little quick videos about what to do right. right. And that's words of affirmation right there, Rich. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, but uh, but also it's I'm noticing in the business world there is that push for the proper mindset and then mindfulness and in some ways it's almost replacing a set of values that maybe was missing when you know certain people were growing up and if that's going to be implemented after the fact in the workplace I think pretty soon the the appreciation is going to come around because Again, doing the research, it said, what, what was the number one, one of the number one things was that people were, help me out with this statistic. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so well, a couple of them, but one of them, the Boston Consulting Group did right. a, a global study of 200,000 employees and found that the number th one thing that they want uh, and, and helps them enjoy their work is feeling appreciated. And that's a, 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 what they earned was at number eight. Um, and so um, it, it really is sort of an integral part of what people are looking for these days because you can you can it's not like you got to have external you know validation all the time but sometimes you get worn out and discouraged you're know, like does anybody care or value what i'm doing and it's helpful to have to hear something from somebody uh, at least occasionally 
what are you looking forward to in the near future? Where's this all? Uh, where's this all going? Well, a couple things. One, like I said, we are being engaged by larger multinational corporations and doing international work, and that's fun and exciting to me because you know, I grew up outside of Kansas City and you know Midwestern. I've lived around a little bit and traveled some, but to have an international impact, that's cool. The other thing that is really sort of on the brink is breaking into more with um, coaches, um, executive coaches, uh, consultants and all that, and helping them take our materials as a tool in their toolbox. Not the only thing that they do, but in team building, in helping uh, create a more positive environment, in, in improving employee engagement, being able to help them t- take that. And then the last part that's both exciting and sort of a challenge is the whole issue of how do you communicate appreciation remotely, which we've pretty much settled and figured out. We have a, a long distance version of our inventory for that. But how do you do it with virtual teams who've never met each other? And uh, I've just written an article um, and looking to post it out there on on the challenges about that, because, you know, you can want to do stuff, but sometimes, you know, there's there's reality. I mean, there is gravity. And so you may want to fly, but you still got to deal with gravity. And I think there's some reality based challenges about just virtual teams uh, as well, because you got to have a relationship for appreciation to feel uh, genuine. Otherwise, it feels sort of uh, at least superficial, if not manipulative. So looking forward to figuring that out and, and helping things go well in that area. And I had a I had an email exchange with someone a couple of days ago, and, and and neither one of us, I guess, was 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 upset with the other one. But when I look back at, uh, he wrote something that made me think that I triggered something to get him upset. Hmm. And looking back on what we exchanged, you could read that uh, very easily to think that we were uh, unhappy with one another about a certain situation. But really, it was just. Uh, us being honest, but I've never met him. So it, it, if you don't have that initial uh, meeting and, and get to know somebody, you, you could take those words however you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and tell you what, and I'm dealing with teams that one team member is in Argentina, one is in Singapore, one is in Canada, one is in Belgium. And you add the cross-cultural issues to that. I just think that's a bad team right there. I I don't know who put that together. Yeah, it's it's tough. (laughs) Well, you know, as we move forward and sort of uh, move on to the advice portion, was there anything that was holding you back from first starting out on this path to success and growing your business and your research to where it is today? You know, um, there's always fear, right? I mean, and it's like, because I, you know, I'm reaching out to an author who at that point had sold like 8 million copies. And I'm like, I don't know if this guy wants to listen to me or not. And, and you just sort of keep hanging in there. Uh, You know, I think fear, fear of failure, fear of not being as successful as you want to be or think you should be, or think other people think you should be. I mean, it's sort of that whole mind game stuff. And, um, I found that you just got to do something, you know, and I, as I work and consult with people and leaders, I find that, um, sort of wanting to have it perfect out the box is a huge barrier you got to get past because 
you've got to put it out there and let people try it and give you feedback. And then at least for me, you, you got to correct it and, you know, shape it. And so I've started to come to a point where I do an 80% rule. It's sort of like, it's about 80% there. And, you know, it's sort of like in school, it, it takes a certain amount of effort to get a B and then it takes a whole lot more effort to get an A or an A plus and, uh, becomes sort of, um, uh, a barrier. And so I try to, if I'm sort of getting it, I get it there and then I get it out and try it and then get feedback and, and, uh, um, revise it. And I think that's a key part is you gotta be open to getting, you know, criticized or critical feedback or constructive feedback because it's, you know, not everybody's going to like it or they would like it done differently. And you've got to know who you want to listen to and, and, and go with that. So there's probably a right way and a wrong way to go about doing this. So for a business owner who's listening to this, who's just going to try to jump right in and yeah. right away, <laughs> they're just, we're done talking in about 10 minutes and, and they're going to go right out. What are some of the things that they should avoid when trying to communicate this appreciation in their workplace? Yeah. So the thing you don't want to do is uh, you don't want to just go out and blast everybody with the same thing and say, you know, whether it's words or, you know, uh, a big get together, whatever, you've really got to uh, take time to get to know what people value and what's going to hit the mark for them. And secondly, you know, um, there are people that are tough to appreciate, right? I mean, they're, you know, either they're not performing well or they're negative. You don't want to blow through it. You don't want to just come across like, uh, this is something you just painted on your face and, you know, you got a clown smile on. It really needs to be genuine and authentic. And so I think an important step is to stop and think and say, what does this person do that I value? And it, it and it's one question I often ask people I train is say, think about the person that you work with that if they didn't do what they did, your life would be a lot tougher, whether that's, you know, answering the phone or organizing your schedule or getting certain reports to and, and just communicate that. And then it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's sort of like, you know, every once in a while, just make sure they know that you're watching them and you're seeing things that they do that you value. Um, and don't make it a big deal in front of other people. A lot of people react to that. It can be just either, um, email or text or talk to them. So, uh, but stop and think about, because if you just make it this global, you're you're so great. I'm glad you're part of the team. That means nothing to most people, and they're just gonna say, yeah, what you know, who who you know, what book did he read, or you know, whatever. It's just gonna feel coming out of of left field. Yeah, and I think that once people can have that self-awareness of what their own language is, it's important to recognize that some of these people that are in their lives might, are probably speaking that same language back to them, and they're not necessarily taking it for granted, but they didn't realize what they did value that they're getting every single day when they come into work. Well, and it's interesting. There's research that shows 65% of the workforce say they haven't heard anything positive in the last year. <laughs> and I'm like, how can that be? Because we've got 85 to 90 a percent of all organizations have some employee recognition. Well, I think the key is that they haven't received it. I mean, it's sort of like you send a gift and, and it doesn't get delivered. Often we send messages that aren't in the language that mean anything to the person. And so it just sort of bounces off of them. So, you know, you're exactly right. We've got to sort of do it in a way that's uh, meaningful to that person uh, and then they'll hear it. 
because uh, I'm an acts of service kind of guy. I'm a quality time kind of guy. And I think that if someone came up to me and asked me, hey, can you give me a hand with this fundraiser, this activity, even if they just wanted me to go play softball after work or watch some football, I would probably say yes, because they came to me one-on-one and said, you know, I'm excited about this idea. Um, but if it was, like you mentioned, maybe done in a way that just seemed like it was a an all email to everybody, I might just, mm-hmm. I might just delete it and, and not to be heartless, but I probably deleted seven emails in a row and thought this one's not directly to me. And I just would be moving on without realizing what it would have meant if I would have shown up or been there. And so I think it's just important to maybe take a self inventory of what you do appreciate every single day and then, uh, and then try to identify that and, and then take the next step in showing that appreciation. And now we all know yeah. why you missed the softball game. <laughs> because it's, mass email. Yeah, don't, don't mass email me. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, in dealing with family uh, businesses and family members, what I found out is that a lot of, I don't know how old you are, Rich, but uh, a lot of millennials do not pay attention to group emails. If it's a group email, it's like, you know, that is low priority and they'll just bust right over it. So you have to send them an individual email and then they'll take a look at it. So, yeah, no, I think you're right on. And even if it's a group text message or any sort of form of communication, if it's Mm -hmm. not to me and it's not about, you know, what you need or what, you know, you want from me, then I may end up just thinking it's basically a spam message and not, not as valuable. I've learned a lot about you today, Rich. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, this is going to air right around the holidays. Any suggestions for showing appreciation in general, specifically around this time when everybody's buying each other gifts or sending cards and making cookies? Yeah, you know what? I just, uh, today, we we did a a poll because we did it a couple years ago and we updated it. We asked what people hate about the holidays, both generally and employees. And uh, posting on my blog today uh, the results of that. So if people go to appreciationatwork.com slash blog, and uh, it's, it's I hate the holidays uh, poll results. And what's interesting to me is that um, people really don't like a lot of things that happen at work around the holidays. Number one is having to use their paid time off uh, to – to celebrate the holiday. Secondly, they hate gift exchanges and Santa, you know, secret Santa stuff and white elephant gift stuff. And, um, and then also, um, being invited to a meal, like a holiday meal, and they got to bring, uh, the food for it. (laughs) It it, You know, it just, and so it's interesting. There's some, uh, pretty strong feelings about what people don't like about it. So if you're an employer or a supervisor, you need to uh, probably take a look at that so you can avoid some some pitfalls. Just cancel it. Just cancel Christmas. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, quick funny story, but I was involved in one of those office secret Santa type deals. And I remember you had to put down a couple things you liked, whether it was something trivial like Diet Coke and popcorn and, uh, and, and, and then you'd get like little small gifts. Well, I ended up getting a can of Diet Coke 
every single time until the uh, until the reveal. And then yeah. I'm not making this up. The end prize was the rest of the 12 pack of <laughs> of Diet Coke. Yeah. And this wasn't from one of my buddies playing playing a gag. It was from just this this kind woman who who said, I know you like the Diet Cokes. I got you the whole 12 pack. And I, just, <laughs> I think that was probably the last time I did one of those because <laughs> Because you don't really like Diet Coke. I yet. had a whole fridge of Diet Coke in my uh, in in the fridge. You know, I didn't. I I just I should have been careful what I That's put down. Funny. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add, Doctor Paul? No, you know, uh, I, I think uh, for business leaders and uh, whether they're owners or you know supervisors, lots of times the, they sort of have a misconception that this appreciation thing is just about feeling good. It, it it's you know that's nice, but it's about uh, getting work done and running an effective business and organization. Because when people feel valued and appreciated, a lot of good things happen. I mean, they show up, they show up on time, they follow instructions, less turnover, less conflict, uh, cu- customer service ratings go up. Conversely, when people don't feel valued and they feel sort of taken, you know, for granted, bad things happen. And a lot of, uh, you know, absenteeism and tardiness and, uh, higher turnover and less productivity. So it's not just about, you know, everybody doing a group hug at the end of the day. It's, it's about, you know, let's value people and not just for performance. I mean, it's not just about, uh, meeting your goals. I mean, meet, people have value beyond, uh, what they produce. And, uh, when we create that kind of environment, good things happen. Well, as a business owner myself, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk to us today, and uh, sure. I've learned a lot just from this uh, this discussion. Definitely, and uh, Dr. Paul, maybe one more time, can you tell people where they should go to check out those blog posts and some of the other research you have online? Yeah, yeah. The core uh, uh, the core website is appreciation at work, and it's the word uh, written out, not the at sign. Appreciation at work dot com. And if you look across the top, there's uh, things about our inventory and training and, and the blog. Um, and there's a learn tab that's got all kinds of articles and videos on it that uh, can sort of flesh out a lot of this for you. Well, I'm sure my, my employees are going to be very happy I talked to you. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> yeah. And I think we learned a lot today. And Paul, thanks again so much for sharing your stories. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Dr. Paul White. Bill. It was um, it was good to talk to him. It it you know when you the way he, the way he tells it, it's almost like it's common sense. Like you almost in the back of your head when you're listening to him, he's like, oh yeah, that that just makes sense. And why, why do I need to read a book or have him on our show to learn about this stuff? Because it should just come naturally. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And I think I was realizing that these languages are ones that people aren't even sure what they speak to others, oh. l- let alone what they need spoken back to them in return. And I think it was a little helpful for us to sort of figure out maybe what our top two are, but I think you might have a little bit of work in front of you, buddy. Yeah, I know. And I know that that the uh, people that work for me are going to now expect it. <laughs> expect the appreciation. Right? Expect the appreciation. Well, it's the holiday it, season. It is the holiday so. season. It is important to, um, you know, if, like he said, it's not just to make them feel appreciated. It's to make my life easier because it'll mm-hmm. make them want to uh, 
show up on time, do the little things, cover each other when, when we need covered, and maybe even, uh, you know, show up to the office and, and get some other stuff done that, that I just don't seem to have time for. So it was great. It was good. It was, it was a good discussion for the holidays. Yeah. yeah. I'm leaving it thinking it's good to recognize those people who you value in your day-to-day life and make sure that you're establishing that trust because that one story he was telling where no one trusts each other, Yeah, I would not want to be in an environment like that going there day to day because it would just be negativity. Yeah. And millennials seem to get a bad rap on our show, uh, but you know, I don't think it was their fault. I think it was just a peep there. Millennials are in this grouping now where anytime something happens, that is the excuse for, well, why didn't that work? Well, cause they're millennials. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah. They're people too. It's, it's not going to be something that'll last for too long cause it's more about clear communication. And so, I think each person kind of takes on the challenge and says, I'm going to figure out how I need to be spoken to and how I need to speak to other people. Do you want to write a book? I, I, got, I have an idea. Okay. Lay it on me. The four languages okay. of appreciation in the workplace for Hollywood. For Hollywood? Yeah. We're just going to drop physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I think, oh. It, I think the, that book's already been written. Thank, oh. thank you, Dr. Paul White. <laughs> Well, guys, once again, thanks so much for tuning in week after week. We really do appreciate you, the listeners here on the show. And I bought every one of you a gift. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) It's going to get expensive. It's all personalized, too. It's personalized gifts. For all our listeners that I know personally, I know what they like. It's on its way. Well, that's great. If I have your address. Wow, Bill. And to all of you who appreciate words of affirmation, I really appreciate you guys tuning in every single week because it's important to know there's somebody out there listening to these and giving us that feedback week after week, season after season. And for those of you that like the physical touch, <laughs> who's that? A, that was me banging on the mic. That's a, that's a high five right there. High fives. All right. Okay. Well, well, guys, have a great holiday. And as always, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>